I want to share a message with you this morning uh, entitled The Peace Speaker. The Peace Speaker. If there's anything we need in this time, we need the peace of God to come and settle in our hearts. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. If you have a Bible, if you want to go with me, they'll put it on the screen and hopefully you can see it. It says this beginning in verse 23. Now, when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, why are you fearful? O ye of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the seas obey him? We're living in unprecedented times. In just a few short days, everything has changed. Businesses are shut down. Churches are shut down. Uh, sports is shut down. I don't remember a time like this ever in my life. I know in 1918 they had the Spanish flu epidemic and in that time they didn't have communication the way we have communication so that we can stay connected and most of us have never witnessed anything like this in our lifetime this is worldwide it's on every continent except Antarctica and people are filled with fear all across the nation businesses are closing and store shelves are empty of the necessities that we need to run our household but for months the Lord has been speaking the words of Joshua chapter 3 verse 4 Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. And the words he's been speaking are the latter part of that verse. You have not passed this way before. A lot's going to change over the next couple of weeks. The way we gather, the way we meet, the way we do church, it will never be the same again. It's going to change. And you and I have to ask the Holy Spirit how to be led by the Spirit in this hour and how to move in the season that we're in. You see, Joshua and the children of Israel were instructed to follow the Ark of the Covenant. Things were changing as they were entering in to their promised inheritance. God was giving you instructions. They had been led by a cloud by day and a fire by night, but now they would have to have a greater focus. Things have changed and they will never be the same again. See, as believers, we don't have to be afraid. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So we don't have to be afraid. God is our source. He alone is able to meet our needs. I love the words of the 121st Psalm, and I want to read it to you. I've just found it such a comfort in this hour. Listen to what it says. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he, keep, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I'd encourage you this week to go and read and meditate on that 121st Psalm and you'll find it as a source of strength and comfort in these fearful times that we're living in. I love the words of Psalms 91 verse 10 and we're standing on the 91st Psalm. But I want to read it to you from the New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. No evil shall conquer you. No plague will come near your home. Some of you need to go outside and put a sign out on your front door. This house protected 
by the 91st Psalm. I want to tell you, you can stand on God's word and God's word will never fail you. Have you experienced the deep abiding peace available from the peace speaker? In our text, the Lord Jesus Christ stands up on the bow of a boat being tossed by waves and he stills the storm. We're encountering a life-threatening storm today. The storm clouds are swirling all around us. How will I take care of my financial commitments if I'm out of work? We have a disastrous storm raging in our world today. What do we need? We need the peace speaker to stand up on the bow of our boat and to simply say, peace be still. Peace be still. In our text, the Lord had finished the Sermon on the Mount. And when he come down, came down, he was met by a multitude with great needs. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 3, it says he heals a man with leprosy. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13, he heals the centurion servant by speaking the word. You remember the centurion says, you don't even have to come. You can just speak your word. The Bible says he will send his word and heal you. This morning, nobody has to lay hands on you. Nobody has to come to you, but the word of the Lord can come to you right now, and you can be healed by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 14 through 17, he heals Peter's mother-in-law by touching her hand. And in the first verses of this chapter, we learn of his miraculous power, but then in verses 23 through 27, our text, we learn of his peace. And I want you to note the following three things this morning about this story. Notice, first of all, the disciples followed him into the boat. Verse 23 of Matthew 8 says, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. I want to focus on those words for a moment. His disciples followed him. They did not know a storm was coming. Are you following him today? Are you following him as he leads you? Are you willing to follow Jesus no matter the cost? When he got into the boat, he knew his destination. He knew what awaited these disciples. He knew they were going to encounter a storm. And you see, he knows the storms that we're going to encounter. This morning, we don't always know what's ahead of us. We don't always know the future. Many of us didn't really see this type of pandemic coming to this degree. We read the news. We heard what was going on in other nations. But we didn't know that it was going to affect us in the way that it has affected us. But I want to tell you, God's not surprised today. God's already been in our tomorrow. He's already been in our future. And he has a plan and a future for us. And God will see us through this. We're going to get through this. And we're going to come out on the other side stronger in our faith with a greater resolve that we're going to serve the Lord no matter what, with a new commitment and a renewed commitment to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world that is hurting and a world that is lonely and a world that is depressed. He knows the storms we're going to encounter. He doesn't always keep us out of the storm, but sometimes he delivers us in the storm. A true believer will follow Jesus no matter the cost. Sometimes he leads us directly in the path of the storm. In Daniel chapter 3, verses 19 through 25, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were delivered in the fiery furnace. Job was sustained through his trials. Daniel was delivered in the lion's den. God not only delivers from the storm, but he delivers us while we're in the storm. And I want to just speak to somebody this morning and tell you, God's not going to let you drop in this storm. God's going to hold you in this storm. God's going to keep you through this storm. I want you to know the peace speaker can come right in the midst of the storm and speak peace and still the waves and, the, and still the winds. And he can cause you to have the peace of God right in the midst of this storm. There's a good place for everybody watching to say amen. Isaiah 43 two says, when you pass through the waters... I'll be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. 
Sometimes when you follow Jesus into the boat and start over to the other side, you're going to encounter a storm. Now, why do we encounter storms when we're only following Jesus? Why do good people suffer? Seems an injustice when good people suffer and evil people seem to prosper. Why do Christians suffer? Well, this is an age-old question. It's a question that scholars have been asking and wrestling with for many years. David Wilkerson is quoted. He says, suffering is the school of God to produce comforters of the Holy Spirit. And when we experience suffering, we are then able to minister to others who are suffering. Note the following reasons that we suffer. It teaches us to hold fast to his love. It proves God faithful in all things. It makes us patient and expectant in hope. It makes us more enduring. It makes us stronger in faith. God's word teaches that we're going to experience suffering and difficulties in this life. In John 16, it says, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Wait a minute. Be of good cheer? Be joyful in tribulation? Why? He says, I have overcome the world. Listen, in a moment, everything we've worked for could be lost. In a moment, everything could change. Everything is changing right before our very eyes. But I want to tell you that God we serve does not change. Hallelujah. He's constant. He's eternal. He's on the throne. And he's for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? In the world, you will have tribulation. That word tribulation means anguish, burdens, persecution, and trouble. And you can expect to have trouble, but don't despair because our God is right in the midst of the storm. But I want you to notice, secondly, a storm suddenly appeared in Matthew 8, 24. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. This was not an ordinary storm, but this was a life-threatening storm. You see, these men were experienced fishermen. Beth and I have been to where Peter's house was in Capernaum there in Galilee. It's right on the seashore. As a matter of fact, we had our pictures made. And when we got the pictures, our hair was just blown everywhere from the winds that were coming off of the sea there. We've been there. He grew up on that sea. He swam in that sea. He fished on that sea. These were experienced fishermen. They had weathered many storms. They had gone through and experienced different storms throughout their lifetime. And maybe you've experienced a number of different storms in your Christian life. But now you're experiencing something different than you've ever faced before. This storm is different than the previous storms that these men had ever faced before. This was a demonic storm designed by Satan to keep Jesus and his disciples from their divine destination. I believe that this virus and this pandemic, I don't believe it was sent by God. I believe it is of the enemy. And I believe it is to prevent the church from entering in to the greatest move of God's spirit that will usher in the coming of the Lord. But it's not going to prevent it because what the enemy's meant for harm, God's going to turn it for good. Because I believe on the other side of this pandemic, there's going to be an outpouring of God's spirit and the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So I'm excited in my spirit about what I believe is coming because I believe many people are going to walk through this storm and realize that without Jesus, they're empty. Without Jesus, they have needs. Without Jesus, life is not worth living. And they're going to find him in this storm. And when you find Jesus, your life will forever change and you will never be the same again. You see, the enemy has storms that he's designed to destroy. He's the destroyer and he desires to keep you from God's divine purpose and destination in your life. So what do we do when we encounter these storms? We trust God's holy word. You see, the Bible will guide you safely through every storm. You can trust God's word. 
This holy book is trustworthy and it will bring you safely through every storm. Listen to these scriptures. The psalmist writes in Psalms 119.50, This is my comfort in affliction, for your word has given me life. Psalms 34 verse 19, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. I love that word all. Oh, we're going to have afflictions. We're going to go through hard places. We're going to have storms and temptations. We're going to have tests and we're going to have trials. But thanks be to God, we don't walk through those storms all alone. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is right there with us. And he will not leave us, nor will he forsake us. And he will bring us, and he will deliver them. He will deliver us out of them all. I want you to underline that scripture in your Bible, especially that word all. In Matthew 8, 25, his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. How do we respond to this current storm? Like these disciples, we must run to Jesus. Psalms 34, 17 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Psalms 37, 25, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. In verse 25, Jesus says, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? In the midst of these storms, these disciples are overcome by fear. Oftentimes, we have to wrestle with fear. We hear the bad news and our first response is fear. And that might be your first response, but don't let that be your last response. Rise up and say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And receive from the Lord because the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. And let your final response be a response of faith. The disciples were afraid. Our society today is filled with fear. Psalms 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Psalms 34, 6, the poor man cried out and the Lord heard him. I want you to listen to the cry of the disciples in the midst of this terrific storm. Lord, save us, we perish. How many times have we run to the Savior and cried, Lord, save us, we perish. He was there all the time. You might be in the midst of a difficult storm today, but I have good news. Jesus is in the boat, and he's about to step up on the bow, and he's about to simply steal your storm, and I can hear him simply saying, peace be still. Peace be still. Then I want you to notice, thirdly, he came to the rescue. How many times has God come to our rescue? How many times have we had our backs against the wall? We were down to our last... Dollar. We were down to our last hope. We didn't know what we were going to do. And God comes to our rescue. I want to tell you, he's a rescuer. We used to sing an old hymn years ago in Bible college called Rescue the Perishing. I want to tell you, he'll rescue those who are perishing today. All you have to do is call on the name of the Lord. He came to the rescue and he stilled the storm. Verse 26 says, he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. It's time to rebuke this COVID-19 virus in the name of Jesus. And as we prayed earlier, I'm still praying for this storm to die and the curb to flatline in Jesus' name. I'm saying that the numbers of, of infections and the numbers of positive tests, they're not going to go up, but they're going to start to go down in Jesus' name. I believe if the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will come together, pray in faith, rise up in the name of Jesus and begin to declare the word of God and begin to speak life into the atmosphere, I believe we can see this virus die in the name of the Lord. So I'm looking for some people today who'll come into agreement with me because Matthew 18, 19 says, if any two shall agree as touching anything, it shall be done. We must respond in faith to these difficult times. 
Jesus will speak to your storm today. He'll rebuke the winds and the waves. Isaiah 44, 8 says, Do not fear, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from that time and declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? The peace of God is a sacred trust. This peace comes as we walk hand in hand with a fully developed faith. Verse 26 says, And there was a great calm. When Jesus speaks to your storm, there will be a great calm. The storm that was meant to destroy became an opportunity to showcase the power of God. You see, the God we serve has power over every storm. Our sufferings and afflictions are opportunities for God to display his awesome power in our lives. This morning, we need to invite the Lord Jesus Christ to stand up on the bow of our boat, rebuke the winds and waves, and to speak peace in the midst of the storm. I'm going to close with a simple song and the lyrics to this song. I just want to share them with you and then we're going to pray. Several years ago, my wife, Beth, sang a beautiful song entitled, I Know the Peace Speaker. I want you to listen to the lyrics of this beautiful song because I feel like it fits just where we are today. Listen to what it says. It was such a lovely day and the sun was shining bright. A gentle wind was blowing my way not a storm cloud in sight. Then suddenly, without warning, a storm surrounded my life. But even in the storm, I can feel the calm. And here's the reason why. I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. I know the peace speaker. He controls the winds and waves. When he says, peace, be still, they have to obey. I'm glad I know the peace speaker. Yes, I know him by name. Listen to the next verse. There's never been another man with the power of this friend by simply saying, peace be still. He can calm the strongest wind. So now I'll never worry when storm clouds come my way. I know that he is near to drive away my fear and I can smile and say, I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. I know the peace speaker. He controls the winds and the waves. And when he says, peace be still, <laughs> they have to obey. I'm glad I know the peace speaker. Yes, I know him by name. And then it simply says this, peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. And when he says, peace be still, they have to obey. I'm glad I know the peace speaker. Yes, I know him by name. I'm glad I know the peace speaker. Yes, I know him by name. I can hear the Lord today saying, Peace, be still to the storm that's brewing in your life. Perhaps you have a sick child at home with a fever. Peace, be still. Perhaps you've lost your job or you're laid off and you're not sure if the unemployment benefits or the stimulus is going to help you cover your bills. Peace, be still. Perhaps you don't know the peace speaker today and you don't know him by name. Well, he stands ready with open arms and he simply wants to say to your heart that is troubled by sin and to your soul, peace, be still. Peace, be still. What do we need in these troubling times? We need Jesus. And if you're watching me today and you don't know the Lord, you've never made him Lord and Savior of your life, you've never invited him to come into your heart and become your savior, then I want to give you an opportunity 
I don't know who you are or where you're watching from, but here's what I know. The presence of the Lord is in this sanctuary in a real tangible way. He's here. And he's drawing people to himself. Right now in the midst of the pandemic of 2020, we'll study this and talk about this for the rest of our lives. This will go down in history books and if Jesus tarries for 100 years, they'll study this in schools. The responses and what we did and history will judge whether we were right or we were wrong. But right here in the midst of this historical time, it can be the greatest moment of your life. And that moment can be the moment when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. All of this would have been in vain today had we not paused at this moment and given you an opportunity to pray. Here's what the Bible says. It's very simple to come to Jesus. First of all, the Spirit of God's drawing you. That's what you feel inside. That's called conviction. That's his way of saying guilty. That's his way of saying, I've come not to condemn you, but I've come to help you. And that's what you feel today. And the Bible says we believe with our hearts, we confess with our mouths in Romans chapter 10. It says all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You don't have to join a church. You don't have to take a class. You just simply look up toward heaven and say, here I am, Lord. Save me. Here I am, Lord. Rescue me. (laughs) Here I am, Lord. Come and speak peace into my troubled heart and my soul. I want you to pray this prayer with me. I challenge you, if you're listening, your children are in the room, would you just pause a minute, put down whatever you're doing and pray this prayer with me. Every time I give an altar call and I feel this presence, I want to run to this altar and get saved all over again. I'm telling you, the presence of God is in this room in a tangible way. I'm not trying to prolong, but I want to give you an opportunity today. If you were here in this room, I'd have you to raise your hand and acknowledge your need of Jesus. But you're not in this room, you're in your room. But I want you to know the Lord Jesus Christ is right there next to you. And he's waiting on you to call on his name. Hallelujah. Would you pray this prayer with me? Those of you that are with me this morning, would you pray this prayer with me? Father, I acknowledge my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. To cleanse me. To forgive me. To help me. In the name of Jesus. By faith. I receive the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior and as my Lord. If you prayed that prayer, we want to know and we want to pray with you. And we want to send you some materials that will be a help to you. All you have to do is take that iPhone or that Android phone or that tablet or that computer you're listening from and text us or call us. Here at the church, all the information is on our website or there on that page that you're watching. And let us know. I prayed that prayer. And we'll help you make those next steps. May God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. I'm so miss being together with God's people. You don't know what you have many times till you lose it. There's a strength in joining together. Church, it's not a convenience. It's a necessity. And listen, churches have got to open in this nation. We can't stay closed. Our communities depend on us. And what we do is very important. When we gather together and we pray, we get the heavens open. We push the forces of evil back. 
So it's important that we gather. And we're going to look for creative ways to gather together. So watch our Facebook page, watch our website, check your email, listen for the phone calls that we'll send to you, and we'll tell you how we're going to gather in this hour. And thank you so much. I praise and glorify God. Can we do that? Can we just lift our hands? i got a little audience here with me today and thankful for my praise team that led us in worship. And we're going to leave today just praising the Lord and giving glory to God. And I want you to do that right there in your home. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. And thank you for your grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray and ask. And everyone said, amen. I'd say shake hands and be friendly, but we'll bump elbows in this season. But we'll get back to that in Jesus' name. Thank you for watching. God bless you.